Okay, and welcome everybody to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles, and me, Sam. Oh, he's, a, he's a bit more enthusiastic on this one. That's a that's a good start. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Japanese performance cars. But first off, we're going to cover a little bit of news. Um, particular car actually that Sam and I both quite like, and we thought we'd have a bit of a discussion about it to start with. So there's the new Land Rover Defender, which has been out now for a couple of years, about 18 months uh, to two years. Yeah. Um, but because of obviously the chip shortages going around, we don't see so many on the road. I'm, I'm guessing that's blunted their demand a little bit, but um, we both sort of think it's a good car. Quite I like do it. now. I yeah. hated it when I first saw it. Really strange, I agree with you. When, when, they, when they first announced this... I felt like it was made of Lego. It just didn't look right. Something about yeah. the concept of when they brought it out onto a motor show and you looked at it and you thought, hmm, mm, not not quite. It did, yeah, it looked like it was made of Lego. And like then, something you'd make when you were a kid. And then just, I don't know what happened. It, it was on the road for six months. The first six months, first time I saw one, I thought, no. And I thought, well, I can see why, but at the price that you know it is and everything else, why hasn't that person bought yeah. a Range Rover? Or, of course, since then, they've pushed the Range Rover price up. But... For me, it was when I saw a fully specced four door or five door. Yeah. One with the the, one the side compartments on the back window. Oh like yeah. The over specs. the rear, yeah. over the side windows at the back. In black, all yeah. black. And I thought, yeah, that's all right. That's actually. yeah. Something just happened. And since then, if everyone I see, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I probably wouldn't buy one myself necessarily. But yeah. it's just something happened over the last. I don't know what it is. They 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 just There's worked their like way. That, yeah, there are. But the defend. I mean. You and I haven't changed our opinion on BMW's front grille for the M cars or that no. big. Yeah, that's been on the road yeah, now for a little while. Yeah, just it's not. And there's been lots of design changes where you, you look at it and you have a personal opinion. And you think, well, I'll wait a year, see if seeing them a bit more will, will change my mind. The Defender has 100% done that. Yeah, um, But uh, the BMW grills, not so much. So um, we know that we've got a 90, the three door. We know we've got a 110, those are already out, but uh, a US patent office um, leak, basically, has shown that in 2022, so late this year, I'm guessing it will be marked in the US as a 2023 model, because they're always marked a year ahead, but in the UK we should see them um, sort of back in the 22, depending on tooling and everything else. There's going to be a 130 model, and what they've done to create this is so Sam and I both looked at it. They've they've essentially extended behind the rear arch yeah, to make it longer. Sort of looks a bit like a Range Rover now, doesn't it? it Effectively, it, it, I can imagine that the price that it is and the size that it is, they're getting pretty close yeah. to a Range Rover now. But this will have eight seats, which is I thought was very interesting. That it's having eight seats. Mm. So we we know seven seaters. You know, yeah, yeah. Discovery so you has seven seaters. A two, three, three. Yes. Uh, configuration that yeah. there's a seven seat option on the 110 yeah already so they've decided to give the 130 i suppose a slightly different position they're going to give it with eight seats interesting um it's an interesting market that they're catering for i'm not really sure yeah where it's going to go necessarily i mean with the with the old one when you got to that size you could have the pickup version couldn't you yes and i think they if they're smart they will bring up yeah yeah i think a pickup if they bought that back come. i think it would sell in drives um, especially in maybe in the u.s markets and overseas and yeah. over here maybe I it would it would sell over here yeah to i just think people the the base models that that you're 
typical farmer. I know people say, oh, we're too expensive farmers. Realistically, the base models aren't no. for some farmers. Admittedly, yeah. farmers who bought an Isuzu 20 years ago are never going to stop buying an Isuzu. Yeah. But those that had an old Defender that have yeah, now written well it off. One, yeah. yeah, they've probably written it off on farm costs and uh, it's been a good vehicle. They work they very well. And yeah, the pickup might be interesting if there's some tax relief yeah. if it's if it falls into certain markets. But the I think the ninety anyway can fall under a commercial licensing. Um interesting, you've done a bit of research on what you can actually get. So just as at the uh-huh. moment, what so, are, what are your options? If you want for engine spec wise, what could you actually get? So they've got two petrol engines that they offer. Which we were discussing that we think maybe only the first one you would go for in this country or get in this country. Because well, you've yeah, got well, the P three hundred and the P five two five. So what what size engines are? So they? we're looking at a three hundred horsepower and a five hundred and twenty five horsepower. So it's it. a five liter V eight. Yeah. In the it's a five liter supercharged V eight, which I, I guess they yeah. won't shift many in the UK. I can't see that you'd sell too many of those. Probably would shift quite a few overseas, America, US. Yeah. Middle East market, yeah, definitely. Take yeah, up. I think they're, they're um, quite desired the, over there. Aren't the they? other one was it? Was it a P three? The P three hundred, which is three hundred horsepower, four hundred newton meters of torque, uh, yeah. naught to sixty two. Our favourite stat yeah. of seven point four, and top oh, speed yeah, of, Defender, yeah, in, in a base base petrol yeah. Defender, <laughs> and uh, uh, a top speed of one hundred and nineteen. Not that anyone's gonna ever gonna get anywhere near that. No, I thought, but no, that's that's pretty remarkable. Though, in a Defender, I mean, to anyone who's owned a Defender. And I've done. I've actually done off-roading in the old Defender. Yeah, I mean the old Defender. I'm not sure it had a naught to sixty-two time, did it? Certainly not when it came out. I think when it came out, <laughs> not in one day anyway. I think when the old Defender was first released, it had something like a one point six litre petrol engine, with I think fifty horsepower, and roughly it had more torque because it was all about torque. Yeah, yeah. I think it was something like eighty foot pounds of torque. Um, one point. Can you imagine now? Well, you imagine that, with, a you know, with, a, with a good push and a substantial hill, you might have got to sixty <laughs> yes. at some point. <laughs> but then, I, then they were sold just as off-roaders for yeah, well, farmers, and then the military got hold of them, and yeah, it was a great success. But that's pretty. So, what's the naught sixty on the five liter? Uh, the five liters, five point four seconds. Which point you get into towards yeah. sort of supercar territory I mean, then at that point, aren't you? Yeah, but not hypercar territory, obviously. No, no. Sort of 2.9s. No. But, but you're in a, a, a wedge. I mean, it's you're, just you're, a block. You are in a Lego brick, effectively. Uh, <laughs> I'd be really With a top speed of 155. So Which, that, when you say 155, people automatically think, oh, that's a limited German car. Yes. Whereas, <laughs> whereas, <laughs> it's actually it's top speed. But Yeah. Okay. And um, so those are the petrols. Yeah. Diesels, they've got three options. So you've got the D200, the D250, and the D300. Uh, horsepower, as you'd expect, is 200, 250, and 300, respectively. Uh, torque, relatively similar in change. It's 430, 500, and 550 newton meters. Is it, is it, I think it's two 2-litre two diesels and then a 3-litre diesel. Yes, I believe so, yeah. So we had a talk about, because it's a D200, a D250. And a D300. So we talked about this and both of us sort of said... Well, you go with the D300. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd go with the diesel. I know, I know that yeah. the current political climate, everything else would say buy a petrol, buy a petrol, buy a petrol. Yeah, but of course. a modern diesel engine, which is what that will be, a very modern diesel engine. Yeah. Uh, what I find interesting is you've got the D two hundred and the two fifty, which, as we said, are both two liters. They're obviously yeah. just tuned differently. Yeah. So there's a two hundred and a two hundred and fifty brake horsepower options on those. The naught to sixty times is ten point two. 
for the, the 200. Yeah. The 250, 8.3. Wow. And then the D, the 300, 7 seconds. So they've got a lot of performance out of so the 250. Yeah. And then the drop to the, the 300 is, is a lot less than the difference between the 200 and the 250. So they seem to have done really well on that middle that middle diesel engine. Um, seems to be... And the top speed's even more similar. We're talking 109 for the 200. For the 250, is 117. For the 300, 119. So there's only two miles an hour difference in that. Again, okay. it's all hypothetical. We're not talking about actually getting to the top speed. Yeah. Because I can't imagine it's ever going to be done. But So I'll tell you what it is. Um... They've dropped right, so the four cylinder is gone. So my information was wrong on that, because I and, and, and I'll take the uh, hit for that because I said to Sam beforehand it was a, a four cylinder two liter. It's a three liter in all of them. Right. Okay. But tuned, obviously, very differently. Yeah. What's the, the so the two D two hundred? Yeah. Ten so, seconds. So your your base spec diesel is the two hundred. Your top spec diesel is the three hundred, and then you've got the the middle. So if you buy a two fifty, yeah. Nord sixty was what? Eight point three. I know, sorry, I know to a lot of listeners, they might think, who cares about the 060 or Defender? But actually, it is important for that size vehicle that it is a reasonable time. Yeah, and so that, you know it's going to move. So that's 8.3 with a 250, did you say? 8.3 with a 250. And then yeah. the petrol engine. The petrol engine P300. is 7.4. So it's Claire, is it 0. 0.9 of a second difference. But you're going to get a lot more fuel economy from the diesel. Yeah, and the top speed is two miles an hour. Dip, well, yeah, you're not going to test so, it anyway. Um, However, I think that 250. Yeah. But, will, but there is another engine. Yeah, I was just going to jump in and say the electric hybrid, um, you're looking, it's the P400E, 404 horsepower, 500 newton meters of torque, a 0 to 60 time of 5.6 seconds, and again, top speed of 119, but that's, I mean, that's the one. But 5.6 seconds is, considering the only way you, you'd beat that is if you got the, the 525. Yes, and did a five point four, but yeah. you, you but then your fuel the, economy yeah. would be and and but uh, with with, a, with you know with the hybrid, so you can run around seconds. towns on just electricity, and let's face it, Defender buyers will be uh, there will be Londoners, there will be people in cities across the world who just want the Defender because of what it says about them yeah. or their lifestyle. Talk, or talk matters with the Defender as well. It does, yeah. So Especially your mid-level diesel, yeah. two fifty, five hundred newton meters of torque. So you could the do a hybrid, lot of towing. Yeah, the yeah. hybrid also five hundred newton meters of torque. Wow. But the naught to sixty is five point six, playing eight point six, eight point three. Um, I'd be interested to know. That was the D three hundred. You said that was the comparison. no, the D two fifty. I'm comparing for the so the three hundred's got the, the highest torque got of the, all of them. Uh, no, oh, the five liters. Yeah, the five liters obviously, but six hundred, but five fifty. So you got fifty, fifty more with the top diesel compared to the hybrid. What I'm impressed about that. It's just over two tons. It's a defender. It's, it's impressive to say the least. Um, what I'm just thinking about, I'm just wondering. We didn't actually check what the price difference between a D250 and the mild hybrid would be. No, we didn't. Um, D250 in an SE trim. I've got fifty-one thousand pounds, just just over. Uh, so that's a three-liter diesel. You've got an eight-speed automatic, and that's what did you say? Eight seconds. Eight point something else. Yes, sorry, which one were you saying? The 250, the, the one yeah. that we're sort of saying, if you walked into a Land Rover dealer. Yeah, and they're going to chuck you mid, the mid-range really, aren't they? I think that, that's a Defend 90, so you can add a little bit up if you want to go to the 110, yeah, yeah, and we know now there'll be a yeah. 130, so 
a little bit more for that. But I, I don't see why you wouldn't go for the hybrid. Fifty. Well, actually, yeah, no, that's just a good point. Let me just. If uh, you can, yeah. If you, so that's a, a P four hundred E. Yes, P four hundred E. So four hundred and four horsepower. So you're getting a lot more horsepower than you get from the diesel, even from the top diesel. You're getting a hundred and four more horsepower than the top diesel. Interesting. From and I'll stress the word from. Just a just a smidgen over forty thousand pounds. So ten cheaper. Ten cheaper. I'm guessing once you put specification on there, you're going to be back up towards it. But surely yeah, your I mean, fuel economy surely is going to be so much better with the so hybrid. You you step up pretty quickly. The reason, by the way, I confused the diesel four cylinder is because the the hybrid has a four cylinder petrol engine. Right. Okay. And I believe the P three hundred is also. A petrol two liter. Okay. Um, You're forgiven. Yes. Just this one. I'm probably going to be wrong about something else. I imagine so. But £65,000 for a spec'd 110. So right. it's not it's not apples for apples because I was looking at a 90 before. But let's say it's okay. five, let's say it's 55 for a 110 Defender in a reasonable spec. Yeah. This is a, a top spec. So let's say 60 okay. for, a, for a like for like. I, I'm pretty sure I did look at this a few days ago and that was about the difference. For the hybrid, for the, the difference, yeah, it's about yeah. about sixty for the hybrid, fifty-five. The hybrid, wouldn't you, surely? For five, for the advantage it's going to give you in power, economy, torques. You can drive around places just and, on electricity. Yeah, exactly. And then for any green, yeah, any, any, any green stuff that comes in, yes, any regulations that come in, you're already offsetting a little bit because you don't have a diesel. Yeah, which means your CO two uh, emissions thing is always going to be lower. Yeah, and if they do some complete diesel bands which i think would be i, I, can't, could, I can't say they will but they may well bring in different tiered charges for yeah if you have just a new diesel versus around any diesel. city yeah. for example you, just, you're always going to be a little bit lower on whatever charges come in yeah so i think this, this is the thing with diesel is it just has this reputation now and as much as you and i can sit here and say well yeah then the modern diesels are reasonably clean aren't yeah they, they are and a six-cylinder diesel actually will sound okay it's not it's never going to purr like a V8 petrol. No, of course but not. But it's got its... For that vehicle, I think the sound would be quite fitting, actually. Yeah. Over running around on silence. But then again, we're moving to a world of silence with, with everything else. But for £5,000 difference, I think I'm with you. I think yeah. I would go hybrid. I'd just, you can plug in the fuel saving that you would have got petrol to diesel... I think is cancelled out. It, you may even be slightly better off if you are in a rural, uh, not rural sense, or in a in a city setting. Yeah. Maybe if you were rural and you had to do a lot more long distance trips than the diesel. And I think maybe it comes down to what are you using it for? Yeah. Because if you never go to a city, yeah, of course, yeah, and you want an ultimate range, then the battery pack's probably going to take you fifty miles ish. Um, in fact, it's not. It's going to take you 30 or 27 miles as it's quoted. So 27 plus a 2-litre petrol versus a sort of mid-tune 3-litre diesel. They're going to have the same size tank, maybe slightly smaller on the yeah um, on the petrol. I, I, no, I, I think I think I stick with you that I'd go with the hybrid. But otherwise, I still think the 250 diesel is a really good choice. Um, Consumer advice. We we should say that we we've got a what we're calling a SAM score that we're going to introduce for all cars that we talk about um, on the show, 
and it's actually not just Sam giving his personal opinion. So it's <laughs> uh, it's standing for specification, acceleration, and maneuverability. So it's sort of a test um, of what we think uh, from all those settings. Importantly, reliability isn't in there. So if we apply a, a sound yeah. score to something really old. That's, that's the miles aspect of the... Yes, I'm not interested. <laughs> in I don't know if you've picked up on that so far. Um, what would you... For the 130, would you think? Because I, 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 I understand looks are subjective. Yeah, of course, yeah. I think I'd probably still prefer the 110 because of the overhang. It doesn't... Yeah. But then... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in with a straight 8.5 for that. Yeah, it's quite high for a first yeah. for a first review. It doesn't but, give us too much spoke, scope to go upwards. But well, okay, we'll, we'll but, give you know, something. Uh, but no, an, an eight point five, I think, would be. Yeah. What would you give a um, a Citroen C three Cactus that I once drove? <sighs> you really are asking off the top of my head. And there. again, uh, there is a review of this on uh, the Miles Driven website, um, which there. Is that our, your... new, our new buzzer there for whenever Miles mentions his website. Go on, give it again. Give it so a we'll little, just give bit, it little bit noisier. Give... Yeah, okay, brilliant. <laughs> um, so on the Miles Driven website, there is a review of the C3 character. He's just going to play it over <laughs> um, so you can. Where read... was it? It's on the milesdriven.com. I've got like a full <laughs> thing in there. There is a review of that in the review section. So if you do want to read about C3 characters... But what would you give it as a sound score? I really disliked the car. Yeah. Not because, and I really want to make it clear, it wasn't because... So, what was the first one? Suitability? No, specifications. Specifications, okay, sorry. Acceleration, manoeuvrability. Four. I think four is good. <laughs> yeah, I, for think, that. I think four is generous. I, I, I would probably have gone... I would have probably gone three because specification wasn't too bad. What you actually got in there... Was a lot of distractions that you I do, assume, but it's very plasticky. Having sat in that, awful. <laughs> I, I I remember driving it for several days and thinking, what have they made? And okay, I'm. I, I had one as a hire car once. Yeah, just god awful. I just, I don't, I don't, it's not knocking Citroen. I know what they've made the car for. They've got a particular audience, but and it's not knocking the audience. No, no, not at, at all. all. It's, it's personal preference, and our personal preferences is awful. It, it just, <laughs> but subjectively. Uh, the steering was the one of the worst systems. I mean, it genuinely felt you turned the steering wheel, it felt like it beamed a message to Mars <laughs> and then sent the message back down to the wheels. It felt so disconnected. Power-wise, it wasn't actually terrible, but the gearbox may as well have been a spoon in a jar of custard. <laughs> I, I just, Which is what you want. Uh, and then the amount of distractions, because they've obviously thought, well, we should fill it with tech. Uh, it's, we should offer something yes if you're tall what you stare at is the sun visor so you crouch down to look through the windscreen so you can see out it's joyous and and there's this if you have to look left at all you've got a screen in your way and if you just think oh oh i'm a little bit warm let me try and cool it down you have to go and press buttons on a touch screen that feels like it came out of the 19 late 1980s era i'd say yeah. um so really didn't like that car. So Sam would give that a four. I'd give that a Sam score of, of three. But Defender, yeah, eight point five. I think I agree with you there. Yeah, I, I think that's a. It's a good car. It's it's won us both over, and a one thirty. If if you really need the extra space, but I think you start jutting up to to Range Rover prices, and I, again, it, it all depends on what you're going to use the car for. So yes, it does. But um, 
No, that's a good one. I like that. I like the Defender. So we'll move on to our mainstay of this week's podcast, which is Japanese performance cars. It's an interesting... For, for me, I find it very interesting because we get some quite interesting cars in the UK uh, for Japanese performance, and we also miss out on a few things. But because we're a right-hand drive market, it isn't that big of an issue for the Japanese to just send us what yeah. they have. Recently, it's become an emissions issue, um, which is why I think we're not getting the the new Z car that Nissan will release. But um, a bit gutted about that, to be honest. But as as a side note, yeah. Um, we're going to cover off a few of the things we've, we've, we're getting and we've got. So we know uh, we've got the Toyota Supra yep. in the UK. It's not. I don't think it's. I don't think enough people are buying it in the UK. And I'm not sure why. I mean, I, I've got a few readers because it's been knocked as a Z4 copycat. Yeah. But actually, if someone said to me, "Who? what two companies do you want to build a car? I'd say, could I have the driving dynamics as in sat in a BMW? Because I have Toyota build most of the engine. And people say it's a BMW engine. BMW sent that engine. It's the same that was originally put in the 40i yeah. cars. The story I heard was BMW sent them their version of the engine to Toyota. And Toyota had something like 150 severe corrections <laughs> needed because to like, fit um, their... A bit like Saab in the old days. Yes, GM sent yeah, them something. Yeah, GM would send them something and they'd say, change just the lights and the badges. Yes. And then a whole new car would roll out yes. of the production line. As they said, well, it didn't fit our standards. It's got a five-star NCAT rating. Yes. yes, but that NCAT rating is rubbish yes. compared to what we've got. Yeah, we could easily. We fire it from the moon. Yes. And if it, if it drives afterwards, it's got a two-star if it review. Can, if it can do eight miles on its roof, yeah. then we'll consider it as And possible. then carry on. Yes. But no... Um, I'm stalling, guys, because I can see on his screen he's got the new Honda Civic Saloon. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to save this one. I was going to save that till later. Very so, excited yeah. about Good news for all of you. Yes. You get to listen to me whinge a little bit later. Um, which is good. You can listen to some content and then switch off. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why people... I know that there is... We've discussed it in one of the previous podcasts. The minute no manual gearbox, we think now that the manual gearbox may also be offered in the UK, but where there's no confirmation coming from anywhere. Everyone's very tight-lipped. Even in the US, where they've practically confirmed they're going to offer the manual, it's still very tight-lipped. And I'm, I don't know whether Toyota have just said, well, our agreement with BMW is over anyway, yeah. so why don't we just punt and put the gearbox people, people want in? Or whether there's some agreement that's still being hashed out, I don't know. Um, but we're not getting any confirmation either way. But I just... It's a it's a fifty five thousand pound car. Yes, there's a lot of BMW parts in it, but that engine has had Toyota breathe over it to say, no, it can't. <laughs> this is have... wrong. This is wrong. This yes. is wrong. This is wrong. We replaced with all our bits. <laughs> yes, like yes, it might be powerful. It might be this. It might be that. But it needs to last two hundred thousand miles. Yeah, that's sort of Toyota's view of, yeah, of everything. Yeah, of and so, and a lot of them are coming out more powerful than what BMW and Toyota are claiming. So it, it all feeds into, it's a good car, maybe it's a bit smaller than people expect. Yeah, possibly. possibly. I just think there's such a love affair with the old one that people are maybe just stuck on, well, it's yes. not the old one, is it? It's not the old one, is it? It's not the old one, is it? I think Which right. you can forgive people for. Do but... you, the thing that will get me, though, is do you think that in five years, say when they, pl- when they pull the plug on it, 
there will suddenly be a load of people that rush out and go, oh, I can't buy a Supra anymore, and I should have done. But if you think, it doesn't really look anything like the old Supra. No. You think when Nissan bought out the GTR, which was effectively a a long replacement for for the R34 GTR Skyline, that looks similar there was some styling like you've got cues. the lights on the back yes which is the iconic part of that car yes. it's got you know the lights the four lights on the back this one doesn't look to me much like a supra so i've seen that grmn oh gr and then mn yeah. in japan i think they're doing something with the rear lights to okay. bring in the the old, the old yeah because the, the old super lights were quite nice. yeah they were and, it, and it's if you saw those lights in front of you on a road yeah, you know. Immediately. It's like the old R34. Yeah, GTR. exactly. Because you know those ones. And you'd see that from a couple of miles down the, mo- the motorway. Yeah, like, oh, just the skyline, so recognisable. So, um, yeah, I suppose there's that. But I don't know. I just get the feeling that maybe people... Maybe there's just not a market for it now. Maybe, Price unfortunately, point. we have to accept there just isn't a market for that car now. Like People are wanting... Bigger. They're wanting cars that have more capacity yeah, inside with the performance. Yeah. So, you know, like your S4s, your Mercedes AMGs, things like that. Maybe they're just wanting that. Maybe that's where the car trade is going. SUVs so, and saloons. I wonder if... Or a hot hatch and nothing else. Yeah, I can sort of see that in... I mean, the right-hand drive markets are actually... We'll have a whole other podcast on this because people always yeah, yeah. say... Oh, well, it's only a couple of countries. No, there's a huge portion <laughs> of the world that drive right-hand drive. Yeah. I mean, for a start, for a start India uh, is, is using right Would right-hand. you say it was a large market? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, one of the future superpowers. And then you look at all the countries within Africa yeah. that are right-hand drive. And then you obviously, you know, the Australians, the New Zealands, a lot of the... Just a couple of countries. Uh, it's, and then Japan. <laughs> Again, small countries. <laughs> um, so we will have a complete separate one on that. But I, I just think... Maybe some of the right-hand drive markets have, like you said, moved on to just bigger yeah. SUVs. I think that's where it's going. You know, you buy a hot hatch, you either get your small city car that does mm-hmm. the stupid mileage but isn't very comfortable or anything mm-hmm. like that. You get your hot hatch. Or yeah, which vari- you could variation buy, thereof. You could buy from Toyota because you could go and get yourself a Yaris GR, which we know is a very good car. Yeah. Manual gearbox, three-cylinder, very, you know, four-wheel drive or in a tiny. you got your estate. S4, yes, etc. etc. Yeah, if you want family size, or you just buy an, uh, an SUV, just the or side. if you're really, really well off, you go and buy a G Wagon, yeah, or something, or like a Defender, yeah, or a Defender, five meter, or, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting, did you see? And it's just a side note, anyone listening to this, you want to go and check it out. Did you see there was a, a an accident where a Discovery Sport Land Rover drove into the so back? That's, that's the old Freelander, it's what yeah. is it? It's a Freelander, yeah. yeah, but they've renamed it the yeah, Discovery yeah. Sport. Ran into the back of a GR Yaris. Right. The GR Yaris looked afterwards um, pretty much undamaged. I mean, I'm sure there was right, damage, really? but from the dash cam, it, okay. the dash cam footage of the car ahead, the, the GR Yaris, you sort of looked at it and you thought, maybe something's happened, but I can't really see. The Land Rover was on its roof. Interesting. And, and I mean, genuinely, so what happened is they were coming up to a roundabout. There was traffic in the middle of the roundabout, so the yeah. Yaris had to stop. Okay. The Freelander, well, sorry, the Land Rover uh, Discovery Sport yeah. decided, I'm not waiting in this. I'm going to go onto the inside lane of this roundabout right. and go around. Oh, I think I might have seen this, actually. And he's not turned enough yeah. to get around the Yaris. So he's it sort of hit the side. It, and he's just straight and it, over. Yeah, I think I have seen that. And yeah. you just think, 
If someone said to me, a Yaris has crashed into a Land Rover, the first... That poor Yaris driver, yes, are they think, okay? Is the Yaris driver okay? You'd be are concerned. they alive? And if you said, well, the Yaris driver got out and was gutted that his car was broken, the Land Rover driver was upside down. Yeah, the fire the fire service had to come up yes. for the Land Rover driver. Yes. <laughs> they couldn't cut the roof of his car just, because it was on it. Just, I mean... It's obviously just hit it at the absolute brilliant the angle that it's going to yeah, happen. Exactly, but yes. the Yaris has a very wide rear uh, rear wheelbase, yeah, yes, yeah. and it is four wheel drive, so there yeah. is some some weight back there. And I guess Land Rovers because they have they still designed, even though they're not a lot no. people aren't using them off road, but they they still have to perform off road yeah, because of it's, it's invariably. <laughs> Yeah, people will uh, generally... One man out. in Scotland that lives on a farm yes. up the side of a mountain will want one. Yeah, and he'll say, I skidded that right down the mountain, yeah. give me a refund. And now I'm in a valley. Yes. I'm on my roof. Um, <laughs> so I guess they have this sort of lifting, if underneath the front bumper, it's sort of, it's a uh, smooth well, yeah, curve. Right, well, for when you, you hit a... When you're folding or... Yes. Along, yeah. Um, and which is great, I say, if you're falling, it gets the water out of the way. If yeah. you're if you're ascending, you you've yeah, got you're, that. you know you're sort of over the the, the muddy grasslands. You're sort of yeah, you can that as you go. Yes, like, so. but if you hit another car, you not can if you're trying that. to mount a Yaris. No. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just saw it. I thought I can't believe that that, that I've just I've seen it. If someone had showed me afterwards the Land Rover on its roof and the Yaris, I was like, no, yeah, where's where's the other car that was involved? Yes, in this exactly. Accident? Yeah, uh, the it's just. just uh, baffle me but i suppose maybe that's it that if you're in the uk and particularly fifty-five thousand pounds is a lot of money to spend yeah uh, and when someone says to you look a car that really is a standout is something like a gr yaris yeah um if you want a sports coupe you could have a z4 and you can drop the roof and you don't have to go as fast because people who are in that market maybe don't yeah. care so much um i don't really what were you saying was 50 the yaris no, no, the Supra. Uh, Yaris, um, sort of thir- early thirties, thirty-two thousand, something like that. But that's for a small, compact hatchback. Yes, although it is because it had to be homologated to rally spec, so it's four-wheel drive. It's got two hundred and sixty yeah, okay. so horsepower. over everything. But if you look at hot hatches, you know the I mean? other hot hatches are going to be less than that. Well, we discussed this. Golf GTI starts at thirty-three thousand pounds. Yeah, I mean, an i thirty starts at around the same, I think. So it's so. it's quite incredible. But those things are, I mean, the i thirty will have quite a lot of spec as standard. Yeah, and you're getting more car. You are, but then money. It's that classic thing of, are you having more fun than a short wheel based all wheel yeah. drive, two hundred six? I mean, the, the... but there's there's a lot to be said for having fun when you're mm-hmm. out on a drive. Yeah, but, the two of us gone out for a run. If yeah. you're going out, if you're going away for the weekend, or a long week away, and you're driving, mm-hmm. was there more to be said for having, for example, I know I talk about it a lot, but the i30 M, it's four doors. You could pack you more can, stuff in it. You've got a boot. You yeah. can and the rear seats. And you've actually got a boot because I mean the GR yeah. Yaris. I mean, I'm not suggesting the... you put the kids in the boot and the, the luggage in <laughs> yeah. the rear seats, but if you haven't got kids, you've got the 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 boot and the the rear seats. If you've got kids, you've got the boot. For the, yes. for the luggage and the, the rear seats for the kids. Yeah. And you've got doors to put the kids in the back. The Yaris, I'm assuming, is the three door. Oh, all of them. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the GR Yaris is so different from a regular Yaris. That it I'm... couldn't have doors. So if, you, if you've got kids with that, yeah. you're pulling the seats forward, you're trying to get a kid's seat into the back, yeah, or yeah, you're trying to get a kid to get impossible. in the back to get in their seat. No, I, don't, I think it's more of a young person's car. Maybe that's why afford. the decisions are being made. But then we go back to our other podcast where you say 33 grand... A, kid, a younger person 
like you just said, that that's going to maybe aim towards, isn't yeah. buying that because they can't afford it. It depends what I suppose the PCP, uh, the, the way the lease works, because yeah. people, as I say, they just don't look at the list price anymore, no. which is why. Yeah, exactly. It's all about how much is it a month. How many, and, it's and, almost and, like they should lead with that four cars yeah. now. Yeah, which I say a lot of manufacturers. I mean, we drove past the BMW dealer the other day and they weren't advertising any prices. They were advertising no. if you put £400 down a month, then you can have this car. Well, I think it's difficult to find prices for cars nowadays. You can always, oh, yeah. on the, on the, if, you, if you Google a car, yeah. the first thing that'll come up is £150 a month. Yeah, that's APR. always what they're selling on the app or, or whatever. So while we're talking about the GIRs, they they are doing these uh, this five hundred rounds. There's five hundred GRMN JDM Yaris's, which are if you haven't seen what they look like, um, go on the internet when you've got a chance. Have a quick look. They they do look very radical. Yeah, um, it's a nice looking car. The they're going to make five hundred of these. They're only going to sell them in Japan. How many do we think will be grey imported to the UK? They're going to be 50, well, once they're grain imported, they're probably going to be more like £60,000. One or two. See, I wonder if there's... We should put some money on it now. <laughs> I reckon 5% at least. Okay. And I'll tell you why. It's not because I think they're any a lot better than the regular GI Yaris. I think collectors will jump yeah. on that and thinking that if I buy one of those, even if I buy it for 70000 today, in 10 years, I'll sell. But it, I think it's too wild. I think, actually, if you yeah. approach it that way, it's too wild. A regular GI Yaris that you could buy in a UK Toyota showroom, if you want to have fun, and I'm not suggesting you ever buy any car ever for an investment, but that's likely to but be... But people do. Yeah, people do. And, and it's a consideration. Depreciation is always a consideration. I just, looking at other small cars that have been offered to the market, that will be one of those ones that stands out and people will say, mm, I, I still want one 10 years from now. And so it will hold its value a little bit better. Well, there's a lot to be said for people that do buy cars as investments because there are people out there that make... It's a shame to see some cars going to waste. Yeah. And I think you know oh. what I'm about, to, which story I might be about to tell, that a place where I work, the yes. the owner of said place did have a, uh, an Aston Martin DBS that he hasn't driven for the best part of seven years, but wasn't garaged. Had, Which is a had real... five or six garages available to him, Yes, but covered it with a very cheap tarp from Halfords, which would blow off in the wind, and it has just been left, and the brakes were rusting, and there was mould growing all over the windows, and and I have heard that he has just sold it. Really? I bet and he I, sold I, it for good money as well. Because he's probably sold it for reasonable money, but I don't imagine he's got anywhere near what he paid for it necessarily. No, well, no, and, and it's it's a waste of a car. I mean, I, I was the last person to actually drive, drive the car when yeah. we had to move it around on the estate. But I would say that he's probably it's probably a dealer that's come in and bought that, and they're going to clean it, it up. Yeah, I mean, some, apparently somebody turned up with a low loader and they and they took yeah. it away. So yeah. that'll be a dealer. But it's it's just a shame to see that it's some people are buying these sorts of cars and they're not appreciating them, and they are just being no. left to well, effectively rot. Yeah, is you see a lot of pictures in the. Is it Dubai that you see a lot of pictures of cars where they're just covered in sand and like SLRs and things like that? That's where there's a really interesting... I mean, it's probably a podcast we've been talking about. Yeah, it's it's to do with the laws in Dubai and how debt works and things like that. And people would rather abandon a car. And it it blows your mind. Yeah, it's so sad to see. I saw a a montage of them the other day and it was like, there was some GT2s. Some really rare stuff. There was an SLR. Yeah. There was a, a Veyron. I mean, it's just, you're talking million pound cars now. 
I've heard of stories like this where people then say, I'll buy it. You know, in the US, in right. Europe. I was, that's in, what I was going to ask if you knew what the... The, the problem is, you, if you say you turn up and yeah. you, you, you're willing to pay a million pounds to get that Bugatti out, yeah, you can't. Because of the way the law works, it's attached to someone that's else's insane. name. And so they have to settle their debt. But in doing so, they'll take on any punishments that might be applied. Right. Okay. And it, they just think it's not worth it. And so to me, it's odd that there isn't maybe a way so in in most uh, countries i can think of off the top of my head you know us uk france germany there's usually a way that if something is abandoned the authorities get well, the hold state of it. will take ownership of yes it, and, and then, then they can auction it off and, um, and usually the state would then make profit from it and oh yeah that's how that's how it unfortunately works. that's how the world works yeah but, but do you know what? maybe they've got that much money over there they're just not bothered I, I think, yeah, I think it's just something in, in the laws. It doesn't quite allow it, and it is a real shame. Maybe but, this is why you see that they have things like Bayrons and SLRs as police cars over there. Maybe they're yeah, just taking what? these they're abandoned cars the desert, and just repainting them and saying, <laughs> just we've put got a paint job on and going, look what we've got. Yes. Um, so we've done Toyota for Japanese cars. We've done the Middle East. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll move on to Nissan. Okay, I'm gutted that Nissan stopped selling the 370Z. I am gutted. I know no one bought it for the last five years in the UK. And I know that the tax was the sort of number that makes me run away. <laughs> but I, I just, I, it was a personal opinion on that. Having driven one, having been around them, I think they're fantastic cars. But they're no longer sold. The GTR, the R35 GTR, mm. if we just talk about that car for a moment. Love that car. Uh, yeah. And also... A, just a side note, say what some UK tuners, particularly Litchfield, they're, they're known for it. Yeah. What they're able to do performance wise with one of those for without having, I mean, they can re-engineer the whole engine and yeah. they can make it uh, slightly larger. I think they bring it up from a 3.6 to 3.8, something like that, um, possibly a four litre. And they can put four figure power through it. But what they can actually do with that car reliably, I think is is amazing the car is standard which i've driven has it has two aspects to it you can look at it as something that is very powerful but not very uh, emotive because but just that when looking you're looking at it i i disagree oh looking at it when I you see one parked in a car park like yeah. that looks I mean, just that it's the size of certain parts, like the exhausts. Yes. They're the size of them, right? You fit your head in it. <laughs> no, no, no I, I completely agree with you. From from the outside, the way... I mean, maybe it... not your head, more like your fist. <laughs> what is that? Maybe, maybe people put in a child's exhaust. We're not advocating abusing your children by putting their heads yes. in exhaust. But... Um, from the outside, it, it really had, and I saw myself driving up uh, as I was sort of about to park it in a shop window, and I thought, God, it's got such a presence. Yeah, they but do. The, the trouble is when you're sort of on a country lane and you're looking for the personality of the car, okay. it's, a, it's a little bit clinical in that way. Right. So there's 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 these two aspects to having one. It is, out. I mean, an incredibly fast vehicle. Even a standard, you could buy one, happily have one, never touch any performance feature on it. And there's going to be very few things on the, I mean, on the road, realistically, nothing. You're not going to be racing in that sort of car. No. If you're, in any way responsible because you'll be in six uh, sorry in three figures almost immediately yeah um and anything that could it will come down to who's got better tires 
Yeah, exactly. and, and in that yeah. point, a slightly damp road, a slightly oil slick road, and, yeah. and, and then there's you're, a... you're taking in some people into your accidents with you, aren't you? Yes, but... and you know, you've got a fireball at the end of it as well. Yeah. So, no, it, but from a point of view of you on your own trying to make great pace across a country, I, I just it has a GT aspect to it, and it somehow is able, it doesn't shrink around you like some cars do, but it still gives you a feeling of, you know what. I'm going to turn down the the slimmer country lane, and I'm going to be a bit tweak, yeah, tweaking okay. here and now. When I know I'm as wide as the lane, but you'll go and enjoy it rather yeah. than always trying to put it on an, a, a straight bit of road. Which yeah. you know, like the German saloons that are ultra powerful, great. Yeah, but well, you're like, always looking for a straight. It's not got very good handling. Is it a C63 AMG Black Edition? Yeah, I mean even even the AMG. Well, yeah, just the standard one. The Black Edition is yeah. notorious for yeah for just being absolutely a well, torque I think, monster. I think there was a wild. test done for the turning circle, wasn't there? And they couldn't turn yes. it on a, a three lane road. Yes. So it, again, <laughs> this is where it's quite remarkable what Nissan did. Yeah. Because they as were, a feat of engineering, just yeah, that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. Um, and but they, there are there are cars that there are sorry cars there are cars that are feats of engineering. Mm. That might necessarily give you passion. I mean, we're looking at you've got a model of one on on the the desk where we're working. Yeah, the Bugatti Veyron. Yeah, I think that is well. That's that's the performance of what a car was then. Yes. Obviously, they've moved on with the Chiron and things like that. But yes. When that first came out, that was a this is what a car can do, mm -hmm. which is effectively what they're saying with the GTR. This is what we can do with this a car. Is, yeah. And they've carried on tweaking it over the years. You know, you think the car came out in 2009. Yeah. Uh, they just carry on tweaking it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. They've managed to make it through emissions as they've gone through over the last decade or so, keep within you know, enough rules to keep selling it. Um, so, but yeah, no, I completely get what you're saying. From an engineering point of view, what they did with that vehicle, yeah, uh, and as they brought it to market, and when you think in 2009, what that was actually bringing. Well, 2007 was actually its launch. Yeah. But I don't think we got them in the UK until very late 08, early 09. Um, you can probably find a, a grey import Japanese one. But So from Nissan, I think that's really... Oh, you can talk about the 350Z. I like the 350Z. But again, yeah. I get funny about car tax. <laughs> so it'd have to be a 55 plate, 2005. <laughs> the reason I keep saying that for people who don't know about the rules and laws Basically, um, it was March 2006. It's something like the 23rd of March 2006. A new tax law came in for road tax. <laughs> so if you buy before that, you're grandfathered in to the highest limit on that, which was something like £350. And if you bought after that, which a lot of cars crossed over, the RX-8 yeah. did, the 350Z yeah. did, and they suddenly went up to being £600 or well, £550, which isn't a problem if you're spending... £100,000 on a car, but for those sort of hero, everyday cars, yeah, like yeah. a three, where someone yeah. says, I'm not the wealthiest in the world, but I can go to a Nissan dealer and I can go and buy a 350Z without bankrupting my family. Yeah. That that car to then be 600 or 550 a year, it, it ruins the market completely because it it, it's just, you know, it's a £1,000 extra over three years that you're paying in tax, which... Some people can afford, but other people are going to say, do you know what, that's a holiday. Yeah, well, so, exactly that. Um, so moving on from there, Lexus, um, I know it's basically Toyota. We know the um, the ISF 
was a good car. Yeah. Um, I don't really have too much to say about them because I think we're, we're sort of just continuing off of Toyota and they don't really do anything in the sort of everyday bracket. The ISF would be as close and they haven't sold that for years. Yeah. GSF, again, I, I, fair play to them for selling it over here. They, yeah. they knew they were coming in the market of M5, Z63s and they still yeah. uh, sold it. It's um, a shame that more aren't bought. I, I just... Because it is a nice car. I know, I, I find it a bit baffling that... I take it over a new M5. I yeah, really like the new M5. I no. you know, but everyone, I mean, if you've listened to the rest of them, you know I don't particularly have a, a love for Mercedes. So yeah, so Mercedes would be a left with an Audi. Yeah, and it would be a, a RS6. So you know, yeah, which which, I, which yeah, I think anybody would take an RS6 over most things in that market. But I think the there's a hundred and fifty grand M5 CS, okay. which is like, but that's I, I'm going on looks. Okay, you're just doing an aesthetics, yeah. Just something to look at every day. I don't think the M5s is... I mean, I'm going a bit off tangents. So we probably won't, we won't, won't dwell into this, but yeah. it's not as nice to look at in your driveway as, say, the Lexus might be. Yeah, the Lexus know it's not a stunning looks, car no, to look at. No, but just, just a bit more... It's a bit more um, angular. Yeah, a bit more dramatic. Yes. So, okay, we've called off Nissan, we've called off Toyota, we've done a quick thing there, Subaru. I'm a bit disappointed with Subaru. What they, what they now sell... I was going to say, do they even still sell anything that people would want to buy? It, it's, mean... They're essentially a crossover SUV company. Yeah. So um, yeah. they they will sell in the US. They'll sell a GR86 equivalent. Yeah. That'll just it be was re-batched. when they changed the Impreza to that stupid hatchback. I think stupid hatchback yeah, thing. Okay. They made. I think they they lost my they, 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 they lost my support at that point. Um, yeah, and uh, they just haven't done anything for the last. But same with Mitsubishi with their with the Evo. Really. Guttingly, when that turned into what looked like a Mondeo with a spoiler on the back of it, I was a bit so just on this point quickly because I don't want us to overrun. And I know we've got a couple of other manufacturers to cover off, and I still want to talk about the Civic Type R. And I know you're holding me up. To talk no, about that's the fine. Type I mean, you've, you've got yourself probably 18 minutes. <laughs> yes. Back, so let's talk about no, the <laughs> anything. The Mitsubishi Evo Eight. I remember driving one, and oh, that's a fantastic car. Yes, it just my, any of those Evos. I think my favourite was probably looks wise, probably Evo Four. I want to say Evo yeah, Four. Okay. Yeah, okay. But I may well be on the wrong number there. But I think it was the Four. I th- I, I remember you. Uh, we've talked about it before. It's just and a nice looking car. The, four, uh, the Evo Eight, eight is also a very nice. I saw one the other week. I think I remember telling you, or the couple of months ago. Yes, you did. Yeah, the because uh, there's a is there some letters that come after it. Yeah, so you've got FQ and you've got MR. MR was the depending one. Depending on what yeah. you've got. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just. I remember getting it. I thought I like cars like the Defender that isn't trying to say, "Oh, I'm trying to be everything. I'm just trying to be a, a mode of transport." Yeah. They're saying I am committed to do one thing. Yeah. And it's a compromise at other things. So like it or lump it. And the Mitsubishi Evo said, "I'm a saloon car, but I don't really want to be a saloon yeah, car. I want to be a rally car." Yes. <laughs> and so I am a rally car. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. And I'm not going to give you good fuel economy. Yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I mean, you think now what we can have? A Golf R has four wheel drive and 315 horsepower. So you're basically at what was the MR uh, the FQ320 yeah. Mitsubishi Evo, but it is a no the. the the Mitsubishi had just something so characterful about it. That's well, it. It's the character of the yes. car, which modern modern day hot cars don't necessarily have anymore. They're so they're strangled so by emissions and, as well. And yeah, generic because they have to fit into safety standards of if you hit someone, you have to have this curve yeah. here. And the designers are kind of stuck. But maybe we're over romanticising the older cars because it's what we've grown up with. Possibly. So we grew up in the age of you know the Impreza. 
Steve. I know they were sort of like the yeah. kings of the. Yeah, of when the they Rome. were the kings of you the. Know, we had and the, the skylines and the supers yeah. and no. what we would decide would um, describe as good cars. Yes. So moving on from there, um, again, that's oh, not one. said anything about moving on. Because well, I just don't send anything yeah, now. We've got loads to talk about. about them. <laughs> you don't send anything now. So I don't want to forget any of them. So we've done Nissan, we've done Toyota, we've done Lexus, we've done Subaru. Yep. Uh, we've done Mitsubishi. Yep. Have we just got Honda left? Oh, I'm thinking, unfortunately, we might do. Searching for you've anything got, we can talk about. Instead. You've got Infinity that make posh Nissan. Yeah, let's talk about them. No, great brand. They, they, they make very, yeah. very good cars. Name one of their cars. The one that's a bit like a Skyline. Like a cube. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, on to Honda then. Okay. Honda don't make a hatchback anymore. Yes. Honda at the and moment. And in fairness, what you're about to hear is... Miles agree with me that Honda do not make a hatchback. Okay, so Call the, Civic. The anyway. new Civic to me is if you describe that as a hatchback to me. I'm well, gonna, I'm it's gonna got say, a nice long bonnet, yeah, a bubble roof, okay, with four doors and a distinctive boot. First off, I wanna say that this is a great looking car. I disagree. If we, if you park that to me next to the Saloon S3 or RS3, yeah, which is classed as the Saloon RS3, and yeah, S3, or or even an M3 at this point. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't see how that the this thing looks stunning to me. I but just I look at the front next to a Saloon M3. Okay, do you know what we can call it a Saloon? We can call it a hatchback. I don't care. Oh because... yeah, no, I, I'm not debating that the car. I'm sure is going to be a very nice car to drive. I don't particularly like the look of it, but I can only see it in what looks like. Um, it's in camo. It's in because that's Red Bull's F1 test. Yes. it looks. There is a particular. I, I'm trying to think. There's a. It's got a bit of a, a Mitsubishi. Maybe a hot. From the front, it looks a bit like an M3 to me, with the spoiler on the back. Yeah, possibly a little bit. Just well, the not, light, a, the not the new ones. Not the newest. No, ones. I'm thinking the, the G80. Yeah. Um, just the lights anyway I just think right okay so this will rival um, Golf GTI and seriously I, I think that if there was ever a Japanese car that is headbutting against the obvious German choices GTR Golf R Audi S3s Polo GTIs Seat Cupras which isn't German but it is German Skoda VRS's the, the, the hot hatches that um, you could previously get from France, which I think now is just down to one Peugeot. I just, uh, this is the car but that you've got. But to me, it doesn't, make the... it doesn't rival them to me, though. Why? What it rivals is M3s. Well, it's not S4s. the price of an M3. It's not the price. Well, it might not be the price, but it's the same it's, shape. I mean, it's, it's half the price. It's like it's like you going out and getting a Yaris and me bringing along an Evoque and saying, well, it's a rival. Yes, but if you said to me the Evoke's the same price and I've got more power, or not more power actually, it'd be, it's, it's much less powerful. Yeah, it's, a mu- it's much cheaper than the rest of the available hot saloons. So it's going to be around £35,000. It's going to have about 320 uh, PS. So I'm sure I'm pounds. sure it's a great car. What I don't agree is people saying it's a rival to these cars. because Well, right, it's the price same price, right, it's same the same price dimensions. But it's not the same sort of car. Why? Because it, it's completely different shaped to the rest of the cars. Yeah, but okay, but a lot of cars are different shaped at the back. Yeah. The, the the fact is, it's it's underneath what you'll get is the size of a hatchback. Yeah, I accept what you're saying. Like, if you put it next to a 3 Series, a 3 Series would give you more interior space than this. I just think they've, they've again, they're another car company that's just completely changed a car. 
Well, I know from what civics were. I know that part of this is coming from in the in Europe. I wasn't. I was going to say the UK, but actually, this is a European thing. We like hot hatches, and yeah. we have done for the last thirty. Yeah, five Honda years. aren't a European company though, so it's, well, it's, Honda they're, they're not... Honda sell these cars. I'm I'm really want to stress the word sell today. Mm. These cars in the US, right, really okay. well. And as I've said, we seem to in the UK, who would be their obvious market in some ways. Yeah, we seem to have drifted away from them because we all buy Golf GTIs, and the Golf GTI is a very good car. But if you enjoy driving. Yeah, and you have a young family, and you have thirty-five-ish thousand pounds. Oh yeah, to spend. I mean, it's great for that. I, I just, but unfortunately, a lot of people will, if they're in that market, and it's a shrinking market, unfortunately as well. A lot of people are just going, "I'm not interested in cars. I'd rather a new phone or whatever else." Yeah, of course, yeah. But this, to me, is the one you go and you go to that Honda dealer and you go, "My goodness, mate, I didn't realise I could have this much fun and this good of a car in this bracket. What are you compromising on?" Certainly not reliability. No, of course. Uh, maybe it, it doesn't probably feel have that solid clunk of a golf. But do you know what? That's, that's here nor there when the, the golf safety doesn't is the same. Look that different in different specs anymore. No, because they have these. Does it lines. come with that spoiler as standard? As standard. Okay, see, so that's I think is going to put up a lot of people because a do lot you know, of people's other halves. Yes. Whether it be it the husband or the wife that's yes, objecting yeah, will say, yeah. "I don't want that." chavy looking car right on my driveway yeah if you see what i'm saying i'm not no, saying that that's my opinion but I, I think a lot of people will say that because you see a big wing and people think ridiculous and especially if it's on a hatchbacky type car yeah it's it's really unfortunate because on the previous model the one that has just now gone no you didn't have to have it a standard no no you? you still had it and then Did they you? brought out a uh, something like a gt pack Right. which deleted the rear wing. Okay. It deleted all the, the... There was a lot of red bits on the yes. outside. Yeah, yeah. And it just made them all black. I, I think it might look silly without the spoiler. I just think, unfortunately... A bit like if you go back to the Integra. Yes. The Integra would look stupid without its spoiler. Yes. But at yeah, the yeah. same time, the spoiler point. then alienates a lot of people because... Some, and incorrectly, I think, a lot mm. of people have a vendetta against spoilers. Yes, uh, it's seen as something seventeen-year-olds do to a car. They have no benefit, and it's just ridiculous. Which is not true. Yeah, especially when you've got three exhausts poking out the back, which this yeah. one has as well. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't help its cause. I, I just, to me, I think we may have got stuck in a rut of saying I don't want to stand out too much, or I'll buy a golf. Well, that's why we GTI. end up. That's why we end up with a. That's why we end up with a with a golf R. Yes, that that's, looks like that's, a golf. Our line, yeah, just slightly more so that if you know your cars, you can tell it apart. Yeah, but if but not, if not, you say, Oh, there's a golf over there. Uh, yeah, I don't want to buy a car that's oh, I'm with uh, you. I don't either. But you know. unfortunately, it seems to you, you have to go with what the bulk of the population yes. say, and that's what sells. And, and this I, is I think what... that will, will stop it selling in huge numbers. They are just if it's a... as good as you're saying it is compared to its rivals. From, from what I understand of this car, although it's having a sort of new uh looks applied to it a new body if you like the actual chassis isn't changing too much from before okay which the, that chassis was fantastic uh the engine isn't really changing at all because again emissions mean that engine passed emissions they don't really want to spend at a time when everyone is saying you need to sell more evs they don't really want to put any more effort into trying to yeah. uh, make their petrol engines any better although We'll come up on a separate podcast about what BMW are doing at the minute. So I think I think that's quite interesting. But 
not on for now. I, I just think they're going to make some improvements to this car um, along the lines of steering. They're going to see if they can sharpen it up, see if they can improve areas. But I think it's going to be like a an evolution yeah. of the old car. And I think actually from Honda's point, that's the right way to go because yeah, yeah. they, they have consistently done this. The EP3 to me was a fantastic car. I actually had, uh, I had an FN2 on a country lane after thinking all the terrible things in the world about it and came at the end, to the end of this drive thinking, what a fantastic car. But it, it just, the FN2 never got the applause of the EP3. The the exterior, I think, is a very nice looking car. The um, FN2? Yeah. Yep. The interior, I do think, lets it down a little bit. I just don't like the way it's all configured and mm-hmm. you know the way the dash is mm-hmm. styled and stuff. I think that lets it down. I don't like where the gear stick is. That's just a personal preference. That's but true. that's the same yep. in the, the EP3. Same in the EP3. So it's high up. That, yeah. that's, that's it's just, something that, I love. That's their thing. Yeah, it's something and I love. Sure, I haven't driven one, and I'm yeah. sure it's fantastic to have it there. I don't particularly like it in that aspect, but I think the interior let them down a bit with that one. And I know the purists hate it with a passion. So I some think the... I think they are going to go, and I think the reason we're seeing it in camouflage. Um, is because I think Honda are going to tone down. It's still going to be a rear wing, yeah. But I think for the rest of the styling, from a, a point of accents of red yeah. bits here, I think they're going to tone it down. And it's sort of they seem to be saying that themselves that there's going to be a tone down of how it looks. And I'm, I can only guess that they're saying possibly we can get buyers to take the spoiler. Yeah, but oh, you will get. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not, I'm not saying that it's only going to be ten people that buy it. I just think that. Again, I don't agree with it. I just think it will put some people off because there seems to be, hey, we don't yes. want a massive wing on the and, back and of our car. Yeah, it, it all it all stems from you know if we think back to two thousand and five, everyone with a Citroen Saxo was putting a wing on the. Back and of you know what? <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not berating them because uh, I was there in the car parks with you yeah. with my Corsa yeah. and thinking about oh I wonder if I could. But fit unfortunately, they've got they've so. got that stigma now where it's yeah. you know if you've got if you if well, you in any way modify your car yeah. you're a hooligan. Because that generation has grown up and the people that didn't like it back then now see anything that's connected to it. Yeah. As, and, and I just think... It's a shame. It is a shame because what you're essentially saying is I care more about what my neighbour thinks and other people think compared to how good of a car I could buy. And yeah. I know some, but it's all subjective. Some people will say, no, a Golf a GTI is a better car. Well, drive, you know, when this comes out to us and it'll yeah. be late this year... Again, depending on chip crisis and everything yeah. else, uh, maybe it will be next year. But they're they're trying to get it in for this year. I just I cannot see how a buyer could go and drive that specific type R unless the ride is too brittle. Yeah, if it's if yeah, it's yeah. too because yeah. the one thing the Japanese oh we forgot about Mazda. Um, we did, yeah. Well. Uh, but we've covered Mazda before, and they don't yeah, currently was... sell an MPS. No, at we, all. we did. We've extensively covered Mazda yeah. at various points. I think, um, so. But I think there's another podcast in in a lot of the things that we've said today. Yes. So I think we need to I just I think if you're out there listening, let us know what you think and and take a look at the new Civic Type R and, and give us an opinion on what you thought of the old one or any of the Japanese cars we picked out today. I'm sorry if we've missed one that you were looking out for us to talk about. We were trying to cover off a lot of the stuff that is in showrooms. Yeah. And by but, by all means you can always let us know. We you you know, we've got all the socials and stuff, so Yeah, just let us know what you're to answer and, and if if there's one that you would actually like and you said you said, Oh guys, could you spend a bit of time talking about a particular yeah. car? We're happy to do it. It, it would say from our point, it's it's a bit difficult when you're trying to cover off 
yeah. uh, all of these for one podcast, and sometimes you can glaze over one and think, oh, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah, you get but, lo- you get lost in the in the, yeah. in the chatting, don't and you? it's so, usually a week after we've released the podcast, yeah. and I said, <laughs> oh, to you, we didn't did talk we talk about, about that? <laughs> oh no, we didn't. So, um, thanks everyone again for listening. Um, I think we'll we'll have, we've got we've got lots more podcasts coming up. We've got a lot more to talk about and a lot more subjects coming up. Yes, we do. Yeah, do check out. Uh, the Miles Driven website, which is the Miles Driven, the Miles Driven dot com. Um, you can also, you can also check us out on Instagram, which what's is the, what's the uh, the Miles Driven. Uh, yeah, and uh, you can always drop us a message on any of the socials, anything else. But yep. by all means, if we've missed one that you really wanted us to talk about, then then just tell us. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for listening. I shouldn't say guys actually, thank everyone, yeah. because I'm sure, like me. You're always trying to get everyone you can yeah, yeah. into cars because yeah. we, there is a bit. We of say guys is a generic term. Don't yeah, you? You don't and I hope anyone, kind of anyone listening like knows that. Yes. I hope everyone knows that because we probably end, will end up saying guys. It's just yeah. you hear a lot of car people say guys, and you think, do you know what? For the yeah. f- probably the five percent, unfortunately, of women that are listening, they must think, yeah. oh, can you not give us a shout out? Yeah. Well, if you are a woman and you're listening, we're giving you a shout out. Say thanks for listening. Well, Get, drop us a message we'll give you actual shout out yes. in the next podcast um, because we need to get a growing audience I think a lot of people I've got a cousin who's just not interested in I've shown him cars I've yeah, shown him yeah, this yeah. I've shown him that and you know you've got family members as well we talk yeah. about your brother your sister you know cousins that you've got and you say to them well what about this and they're like uh, yeah, you know, and they'll go to you because they know you know yeah. about cars, which is you know it's fair enough, and not everyone it has is, interest. But hopefully, we can drive yeah, a bit more interest. Get, yeah, then we're we're good. But yeah, so we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot.